What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So I want to talk about a trade that some people know about, but actually didn't know too much about this until recently. And uh, it's one that's gone down in infamy because of how it turned out. But it's the trade of Fernando Tatis Jr. from the White Sox to the Padres. So the White Sox had this guy. You know, we all know who Fernando Tatis Jr. is right now. Burst onto the scene last year as a rookie at just, what, 20 years old. And just became an impact player immediately. And his season was kind of cut short because of an injury. But we saw when healthy, this dude was a top 10, 15 player in baseball. Easily. Easily. As a rookie. It was actually pretty scary how good this guy was. And you're wondering, well, why would a team have traded this guy before he came up to the big leagues? Did they not see his potential? Well, that's precisely what happened. No one really saw his potential at the time he was traded. The White Sox signed him. You know, he was a 16-year-old international signing out of Dominican Republic back in 2015 for a 700,000 signing bonus. Nobody really knew much about him other than the fact that he was the son of a former major leaguer. Everyone knew the name, but as a player, there wasn't, you know, a huge background on him. I mean, signing for 700K is, is still pretty good, but it's far from the millions that other guys were getting. Who Guys who were in his class like Vlad Jr., Juan Soto, and Christian Pache. So there were some other international free agents who were kind of stealing the spotlight at that time. And Fernando Tatis Jr. was not one of them. Uh, you know, his dad played 11 years in the majors, hit 113 home runs. So, you know, the bloodlines were strong. And uh, that was the only thing he had really going for him. The initial scouting report on Tatis Jr. was that he had a strong arm and some raw power to his pull side. And that was what, you know, they, they said about him. But at the same time, he was still just 16 years old. And, you know, there was a lot of risk there. But the White Sox signed him. I mean, the, like, there's risk with every 16-year-old kid you sign. But when you when you look back at it, you wonder, why did they pull the plug so early? Why did they trade him so early? Well, the White Sox were in need of pitching. So in they, they signed Tatis in July of 2015. And then 2016, when the season started, you know, Chris Sale was still on the team. They had Chris Sale, Jose Quintana, and Carlos Rodon at the top three of the rotation. They had Matt Latos, who was holding on the fourth spot, but he had really began to struggle. Had a 6.54 ERA over his previous six starts before the trade. And the White Sox had just previously released John Danks, who had been in the rotation for years. Uh, you know, he wasn't effective anymore. And then they had Miguel Gonzalez trying to step on and hold that fifth starter job. So the White Sox needed a pitcher. And James Shields was over in San Diego, and, and uh, you know, they figured they could get some help. I mean, at this point in the season, you know, when the Tatis trade happened, Tatis and James Shields trade happened, the White Sox had a record 29 and 25. They were two games behind the Royals in the AL Central, and they were right in the thick of the wild card race. I mean, according to fan graphs, Chicago had a 33.8 chance of making the playoffs, which is actually better than some of the teams ahead of them, like the Royals and Orioles. And the White Sox hadn't been in the playoffs since 08. So their GM, Rick Hahn, was justified in seeking reinforcements. I mean, it's like eight years since we made the playoffs. We're in the race. Let's go ahead. I mean, we can trade a prospect who's, you know, 16, 17 years old. It's not really going to hurt us so that we can make the playoffs this year. 
But as we know, it's rarely ever that simple. I mean, it's usually just not that much. Um, we can predict, but they trade for James Shields. They get him, and he just completely implodes. I mean, no one expected him to implode like he did, but he posted a 6-7-7 ERA for the remainder of the season with the White Sox. I don't really think anyone saw that coming, and it's certainly not what the White Sox signed up for. Obviously, they would continue to you know struggle with the pitching, at least the back end of the rotation. They would miss the playoffs. They'd miss the playoffs, and you know that goes out the window. I mean, he would stay stick with the team and pitch with them for a couple more years before he. I mean, we haven't seen James Shields in the big leagues since 2018, but. You know, he would stick with the White Sox. That's the last we ever saw him pitch in the big leagues. But Fernando Tatis goes over to the Padres, and then he begins his development. I mean, he was a kid at this point in time, but by by the following year, or let's say even 2018 was when he really became an elite prospect. But in 2017 was when he people realized, okay, this kid is kind of special, and he had actually grown a little bit. You know, some reports say that he, he had grown by like two inches at that point. So he started to physically grow into his own. And then that was when scouts started to see that this kid is going to be a big leaguer. And they started putting, you know, grades on his on his power, on his power tool and his and his arm, especially. Those are, those are the two tools that really carried him. But I think it was by 2017 that the White Sox realized they made a mistake. I mean, Rick Hahn, the GM who made this trade, Himself in 2017, he said, I probably physically cringe whenever I see a Tatis highlight. And I mean, not not to be so hard on Rick Khan, I mean, he's built a, a great team. I mean, after the 2016 season, they went on a rebuild effort. I mean, they brought in Yohan Makata, Lucas Giolito, Eloy Jimenez, Dylan Seas, Michael Kopech. And then in subsequent trades, they were able to get Luis Robert. So, I mean, the Tati, losing Tatis is just one blemish on, you know, the resume, even though the the positives far outweigh the negatives, but obviously we have the benefit of hindsight, so we can look back at trades like this and kind of laugh at it. But White Sox are in a great position. I think, I mean, if if the season gets underway this year, we're going to see a much improved version of them because they have a young core. But can you imagine what would happen if they had Fernando Tatis right now, in addition to you know some of those guys, if if, if they still had you know Tatis with Yoan Mankata, Jose Abreu. Tim Anderson, you know, slide Anderson over to second base or something. I don't know. It's pretty interesting to think about. But just thought I would touch on that one. Uh, Fernando Tatis is definitely an exciting player to watch. I think he's got a great personality. You know, he loves San Diego. The fans of San Diego love him. I'm sure they're happy to have him because they were able to get him for, I mean, in hindsight, pretty much nothing for an expiring James Shields. So just thought we'd talk about that. Short one today. If you guys enjoy this, please share with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.